Welcome to the season finale of Not Playing with Lex and Dan. He's Dan. Hey! <laughs> and I'm Lex. <laughs> it's very early. We, uh, there's nothing one would rather do on a weekend, a three-day weekend, in mm, fact, mm-hmm. at least for me, uh, than get up extra early. <laughs> in some cases, after a very delayed flight from <laughs> Southern California <laughs> to watch... Not a, a, a sequel, truly, in the Fast and the Furious franchise, but rather a spinoff Ooh. in the Fast and Furious franchise. And that's what we're here to do today, Dan. It's it's Friedman and Morin Ooh. and Hobbs and Shaw. Ooh, all four of us? Wow. That's, yeah, I'm they're excited. here. I'm excited about Hobbs, that. Hobbs, Shaw, say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <also> mate. <laughs> uh, I've lost us so many <laughs> listeners just in the last 30 seconds. Uh, we're Hobbsled. Uh Dan, what do you know about Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, all right. Well, uh, it is not, as I originally thought, based on the uh, famous comic strip Calvin and Hobbes, nor is it based no. on the uh, British philosopher Thomas Hobbes. Instead, I, think... I thought it was all about George Bernard Shaw, but uh, apparently yeah. that's not oh, the case either. Ooh. ooh, Thomas Hobbes and George Bernard Shaw. Now, that is a team up for the ages. Uh, <laughs> I So I saw the trailers for this because this came out this year, and... I actually know a decent amount based on that, which I think involves... Uh, so we've got uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, playing yes. Hobbs. We've got Jason Statham playing Shaw. Yeah, yeah. see where we're going with this? I'm getting it. Uh, I believe the villain is Idris Elba. Oh. Which is exciting. I believe this movie is also directed by um, uh, David... I'm going to mispronounce his last name. David Lech. David Leitch. L-E-I-T-C-H. Who also, I believe, directed... Uh, the movie Atomic Blonde, based on our friend Anthony Johnston's uh, graphic novel. So, look at that. A little a little six degrees of Anthony Johnston happening. Uh, yes, that is all degrees-ish. So, I was trying to think, I, I was trying to remember, because we had to wait a few weeks after we saw the, the final movie in the original Fast and Furious franchise. And you wanted to spend some time analyzing the plot. I understand. Have Hobbs and Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw are uh, had a begrudging respect for each other by the end of the last film. Yeah, I think that's the case. They were they were like button heads, but in the last one, they're like both in jail and they break out, and then they have to sort of team up. Button heads was the original name of this movie. Fast and Furious presents (laughs) Hobbs and Shaw. Button heads. (laughs) So uh, I think they're like. I I feel like they have kind of I don't want to say love hate relationship sounds too strong, but like because I don't think Mm. they they love each other in any way. Although. I ship it. That could uh, be where this plot's going. Yeah. So I, I feel like they're they're intended to be an, an odd couple, right? Like of mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, also I would also watch the Fast and Furious spinoff with the odd couple with Felix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Felix and Oscar like just beating the crap out of people. Do you consider yourself more uh, a, a a rock or a Statham, Dan? Personally, I think we've talked about this before. The good news is I share a haircut with both of them, so yes. I feel like I got I got that going for me. I love Jason Statham. I've loved him for a very long time. Uh, I first saw him way back. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, I first saw him way back in um, uh, Guy Ritchie's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels back in the 90s, um, which was, I think, kind of one of his breakout roles. Uh, and he, I've just been a fan of his ever since then. So uh, I like watching him. He's just, he's 
he's got a certain charm to him, which is great. Uh, I also really like The Rock, I have to say. Uh, and I know you're a fan of him as well. Um, I think he, he brings a lot of charisma to his roles. And I feel like yes. this is a franchise that relies very heavily on, on charisma, which we have found lacking in some places. It, right, and I was going to say, like, Vin Diesel, not good at charisma to me. Right. Paul Walker um, was... Paul uh, Walker wasn't. <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of the dead. So yeah. <laughs> I'm only talking of his character. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who's alive and well. Uh, I also think it's worth mentioning. You may disagree that this is worth mentioning, but uh, there is a local kosher restaurant uh, called Lox, Stock, and Deli. And I think of the Statham film every time I go to that. That's, I approve. I, I wholeheartedly approve. Um, okay. Yeah, we've got a deli called Snatch. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it's to go. It's only to go. Right. It's takeaway. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, uh, my expectation for this film is that uh, Hobbs and Shaw will still be begrudging and uh, begrudging partners, but they're, they're going to get along even better. Yet I imagine there will be a friendlier rivalry the whole time. They're constantly going to be trying to one-up each other, like, oh, you yeah, slammed right. that guy. I'm going to slam this guy. That's which which I'm, I'm in favor of. That sounds great. I also know that the lead, um, the lead heroine is played by Vanessa Kirby, who a lot of people will probably recognize better. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot is of crossover. Vanessa Kirby, your enthusiasm? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's named after her. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much crossover there is between these audiences, but certainly I know her. There's at least me. Uh, I know her from the Netflix show, The Crown, on which she played uh, uh, the late Princess Margaret. Um, so <laughs> that's, I play the punctual Princess Margaret. <laughs> yeah, well, always on time. Uh and so, yeah, I think she's the heroine here. And I believe, at the risk of, you know, spoiling what I'm sure will be a funny reveal at some point, I believe she plays Shaw's sister. Mm. So, yeah. And we haven't seen Idris Elba in this ser- franchise. franchise. No. He was not in the last one. No. Right. Okay. I would remember. And then, Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. So, we're going to watch. And uh, just in case you want to watch exactly the same version we did, uh, we're, we rented from iTunes. It got so thing. <laughs> Is that what it's uh, called? If you do it on your Mac... <laughs> Uh, we had to launch the TV app, which was very confusing for everybody. So yeah, yeah. And we are, by the way, we are experts in this field. So if it's confusing yeah. for us, good news for everybody else. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lex. You know what? I, I I'm looking forward to watching this, but and I love watching with you. But I feel oh, like thank you. You know, this would be only enhanced if other people could watch along with us. If we could watch with thousands of our closest friends. Yeah. Is there a way we could do that? Uh, well, Dan, here's the incredible news. If our listeners become members of the incomparable. One of the many things they get access to is the uh, all access ability to get the full length commentary track where they can sync it up and watch the movie along with us. That is totally incredible. Do they also get access to other types of premium content like, I don't know, bootleg episodes that, that are you know released before the, the final episodes are edited? No, I'm sorry. That doesn't. <laughs> oh, okay, that's 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 too bad. Wait. Yes. Yes. yes that's I just amazing. I've just been told in my earpiece. Yes, they do get that. Oh man. The only thing that would make that better is if they also got access to member special episodes. But surely we wouldn't do that. Dan, I'm going to do you one better. They get member special episodes, and they get access to an incomparable members Slack. I'm dead. You've killed me. I'm dead. My, what? Mm-hmm. That is an incredible deal. I mean, I would expect easily to you pay. You are the face of a bad guy, and I'm the rock right now. <laughs> I would easily expect to pay, I don't know, like $1,000 a month just for the privilege of doing this. That that seems like a fair. I think you can if you want to. If you write to Jason, <laughs> I'm sure he'd let you. 
<laughs> I don't think he's going to stand in your way. Okay, all right, but I am I am budget conscious. Uh, but they, we, we have we have memberships available for between uh, you can choose five, ten, or twenty dollars a month, and you get to allocate where the the membership funds that you spend go. So if you want to throw uh, some percentage of your monthly membership or your annual membership to to Dan and me, you can feel free because I love every couple months when I get a Slack from Jason saying your next incomparable membership payment is going out, and here it is. And then it my kids can eat dessert. So don't you want <laughs> my kids to have dessert? Uh, only two out of three of them. I'm not saying which ones, though. <laughs> I have my favorite. <laughs> Liam knows what he did. <laughs> I do appreciate that uh, when, you, when you're on the Incomparable membership page, it tells you about you can get access to the new Total Party Kill campaign, commentary tracks for movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, Back to the Future, so you can watch along with the Incomparable, exclusive Total Party Kill games, commentary tracks from Lex and Dan for every movie from not playing. That's like we're on that page. And uh, Erp Chirp episodes. I don't know what that is, but Erp Chirp episodes that is, uh... covering the value-added extras. <laughs> That is uh, Erica Ensign, our friend, and uh, uh, I think Annette Weirstra and a couple other folks doing commentary on, uh, there's a TV show called Winona Earp. I haven't watched it. I hear it's good. Oh, okay. That was my best guess. Yeah. So, anyways. Well, I'm going to become a member just so I can hear that. So, go to uh, theincomparable.com slash members to sign up now. And if you've already done so, now you're going to start watching with us, is my experience. Yeah. All right. Lex, good news. Yeah. We have completed Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. And now we've also completed the Fast and Furious franchise as it currently stands. Dan, I don't mind telling you, without any question, this was my favorite of all the Fast and Furious movies we have watched. I also really enjoyed it. I would put it up there. I think the, the, the last one that we watched before this was my favorite of all the ones we had seen to that point. And I would agree. I think this one tops that out. And it's really down to the charisma of the leads, right? Like, they not only have a lot of charm in and of themselves, but they have good chemistry. Yes. In a way that I felt like the other leads did not always. And there was absolutely nothing in this movie that felt like it was taken seriously. Yes. There were strong women or at least strong. No, I guess too strong. I have women. a, com- I, I have a comment about that, but yes, please continue. We'll get, we'll get back to that. I'm curious about it, but there were at least two strong women. Although, uh, you cannot be a strong woman in this franchise other than Helen Mirren and not get uh, made out with at some point. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> true. One thing that I've noticed. Um, but I thought it was funny and man, Ryan Reynolds only ever in one location <laughs> in the entire film and still, excellent like just makes it significantly better yeah i agree i that was an unexpected i did not expect that cameo and it was really delightful nobody expects the reynolds <laughs> i also like to point out that the uh i'm glad that they gave him a name that is also a classic british philosopher <laughs> what was his name so you can have hobbs and Locke. john Locke is another uh, Locke, another classic also a character yes. from lost if you want to go that route also, yes but uh, I, I noted three cameos, if you don't count Helen as a cameo, uh, mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. Ryan and Rob Delaney and Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah, and I thought yeah. they were all excellent. Yeah, it was good. You said, and they were all used for comedic effect, right? Like, for sure. Yes. Which, which is uh, when you're in a movie and you can like lean on that heavy on talent for just like comedy to bring in comedy. And there's not like there wasn't comedy without those characters in it as well, right? Like there was a lot of uh comedic moments it felt like yes. certainly played much more into humor than 
any of the previous like the previous ones i felt like got more humorous as they went along and realized that the stuff was more and more ridiculous um but this one definitely took that to a new level and i would add we've discussed a lot in the previous last few about um how this is sort of transmuted into more of like a superhero franchise almost and i think this one makes it pretty explicit that if if not like straight up superhero movie it's certainly like verged into like science fiction uh territory with like super soldiers and Lots of technological hokery pokery and much fewer car races. <laughs> in fact, not a yeah, single like actual like drag race in this entire movie. Right. No, no true racing. Um, I did. I like Idris Elba. Uh, I thought he was the least interesting part of the movie, and I sure. think that he was yeah. fine in it. But like that was the part that took itself seriously. They didn't give him any humor. It was just like he'll be like inexplicably evil bad guy. And cult as bad entity is weird. It's a waste of his considerable talents because he is yeah. an extremely good actor. He's also very funny. Um, and he does not get a chance to do any of that here. And I'm a little sad. I kind of wish that he had been saved as a uh, like a fellow protagonist at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows? I mean, like I said at the end, he gets, you know, <laughs> falls into an ocean, which is classic uh you know action movie trope for didn't actually get a body so he could be fine right <laughs> he gets rebooted you know <laughs> you had more comments that you wanted to make though because i mentioned that i thought the the women seemed strong but you i said, think i have more to say for the most part yes and i really like vanessa kirby's character in this as uh as jason Statham's sister i think she holds her own pretty well my biggest complaint about it is that she is still kind of treated for a bunch of the movie like the ball um because right. she has the virus in her and they need to save her and like and like drive her around and, and like protect her for a bunch of it whereas clearly she can hold her own uh so that seems a little ridiculous at times so you know they had to make it personal i get that uh but having like her infected with the virus and thus be the thing that like the 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 plot device essentially was a little on the weaker side but it's still better <laughs> it's still miles better than pretty much any of the previous movies <laughs> I'm with you on all of this. I, the only defense that I would lob uh, to this bet- very legitimate criticism is uh, they could have made the choice of considering her totally expendable, right? But because right. she was a sister, and like, but you get the sense of like they they they, they said no, no, we're gonna do the things so that we're we're not taking the option of we just incinerate her, which I appreciated. <laughs> I guess that would be a, that, a very different movie. <laughs> yep, but. <laughs> It didn't feel like anybody needed convincing on that front, which I liked. Yes, and I like that she does stand up to them and give them a hard time um, about, you know, essentially all the alpha male posturing, which is a big chunk of this movie. And while funny, I feel like they did beat that a little bit into the ground in terms of how many times they hit that. Oh, my God, yes. Especially when it also got a little ham-fisted to me near the end when they're like, we have to work together. Which because their fists are giant. Uh, yes. But when they're like, we have to work together, I'll get hit and you punch him and then you get hit and I'll punch him. We'll work together. And like, I, I felt like that felt a little bit after school especially to me. Yeah. And I mean, this is my question. Is it like, I'm, I'm going to guess that I think this movie did very well and I would assume that they will do a follow up to it at some point. And so my question yes. is, and they sort of, I think this was the premise of those post credit scenes in some ways was the uh let's how do we deal with the fact that we've got a dynamic with these two guys who are actually like the whole premise is they don't like each other and now they've come around to like their grudging respect how do you maintain that good-natured 
sort of ribbing, like, how do you transform that into something that can sustain a series, right? Because you can't go back to like, oh, we hate each other again at the beginning of the next movie. You can't tell that story right. all over again. But they, so, they can be friends who constantly compete, which I think is where they're Yes, going. right. And and like prank each other, essentially. Like that seems that yes. seems fine. I do think it's a little, it's still a little bit too much at times in terms of like the, like, uh, doesn't quite verge into like toxic masculine behavior, but like it's right on the edge. And it's mostly undercut by laughs, but it's still a little bit testosterone <laughs> at times. Oh, for sure. I mean, this, I don't think that this franchise will ever shake its testosterone. Yeah, tes- I, I, testosterone-ness. yeah um, I, I agree. But I thought and of another strong woman, by the way, uh, uh, The Rock's mother. Yes, no, <laughs> I like The Rock. A I strong like woman the... who, who influences change. I did like we did we commented during the during the commentary, which is where you do your commenting, uh, that we thought that the um, we were wondering if if The Rock agreed to be in this movie so that he could, you know, essentially insist that Samoa was the scene of the last act. And yeah. I, I kind of feel like that seems pretty plausible. But at the same time, oh, sure. it was still really interesting. I like that they got to bring that whole, like, aspect of the culture into it uh, sure. in a way that I feel like would not have been done 10 or 20 years ago in, in a franchise. Like, yeah, that you I would thought spend they handled that much it well, time. and I thought they... Yeah, they did it respectfully, and um, like you couldn't do it disrespectfully. I think with <laughs> Dwayne Johnson as your lead, <laughs> like he's not going to tolerate it because he's so proud of his Simone heritage. So I don't. I, know, do I, wanna, I, I enjoyed all of that too. I do want to say there are shades for me in that last fight of the end of Return of the Jedi, <laughs> where <laughs> the Empire is attacking uh, the Empire. They're attacking the end, uh, Empire on Endor with all the Ewoks, and they build all the contraptions out of like trees and stuff. <laughs> Uh, so having all the like, like, like we're going low tech essentially against this really high tech yeah. foe had a definite like yeah. echo to that of that uh, plot device to me. But I, I really enjoyed it. Gotcha. I liked the little bit we saw of those characters. I really actually Cliff Curtis, who plays his brother, is I feel like one of those um, under uh, under under regarded actors who's been in like a ton of things over the years, and he often ends up playing sadly like. Uh, uh, like terrorists or uh, right. yeah, and, and just like being super typecast, despite the fact that he is uh, Maori and not Middle Eastern. Um, but I really like him, and I was glad to see him in a role that was uh, a little more, you know, not only closer probably to his heritage, although again, he's uh, Maori, not Samoan, but just being a being a good guy. I like it when he's. I like when you just, get yeah, people just... who get typecast as bad guys end up playing good guys. Yeah, he was being a bro or an, right. an Uso, if you will. That's right. I um, but I, I, I enjoyed it. As I have felt about most of these movies, uh, it felt like it was longer than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I, I, a couple times I um, perseverated on dialogue that I thought was really bad. Like, I think that the writers did great when they were being fun and silly and not taking themselves seriously. And every once in a while, there was just lines of admiration of technology or, or cars uh, or philo- philosophical moments that landed with a thud for me. The one that I really am still stuck on, I, and I don't know if I'll get a debate <laughs> now, but they were looking at something and like, like a, a plane or a helicopter something is coming to get them. And one of them goes, that's a nice ride. And the other one goes, what a ride. And I'm like, what, what are we adding with the second line here? They even use the same like slangy noun to describe the helicopter or whatever. And I just, I just don't get it. It seemed like the least effort possible expended on what that was, how they were going to talk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was, like, it was, it was like, quite a ride, Lex. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what to say about that. What a ride. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. When they had 
when they were having fun, uh, I thought it was great. When they were taking themselves seriously, that's when I immediately, like, immediately would lose interest. But then they would come and have fun again and be light. Yeah, I, I felt like they did fairly little of the taking themselves too seriously, really. Like, that was that was the, the real winner here. Is like, especially when you've got these two actors who are they're good and i like them again they have a lot of charisma but they're always essentially they're not quite caricatures right but like they're they're playing larger than life characters who are kind of just them like and i think that they have more charisma than range i guess is what i would say yes yes and that's that's fine that's a movie star thing right like yeah i I think tom cruise gets away with a lot because i don't think he has a lot of range but i think he is enjoyable to watch in a lot of the things that he does even if that's just being tom cruise for the most part um right so uh, you know i i think you can get away with that and and the franchise like this is always going to be more about spectacle than it's going to be about like you know sheer raw acting talent (laughs) so that's fine I get why they made this movie, and I think that they were right to say, hey, these guys, well, first, they don't just have chemistry, they also like each other, where Vin Diesel and The Rock apparently hate each other, <laughs> and don't want to share screen time or anything else, so, like, this this felt like a much more interesting direction. Now, if somebody showed you just this movie, after you'd seen the first one, you would see, I think, no connection to the Fast yeah, experience right. <laughs> as initially conceived, um, which is probably why I liked it the well, most. Well, there's no characters in common, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I agree. I feel like I would rather watch another one of these than I would another main main franchise Fast and Furious sure. movie. I'm sure there yeah. will be both. Uh, I have mm-hmm. more intrigue too. Also, after watching this, of a the, we we discussed at one point that supposedly in development they were talking about an all female Fast and Furious movie. Yes. Um, and I was like, yeah, get. I mean, Vanessa Kirby's character alone, I feel like, could be fun in in that kind of role. Um, I, I wanted to skip more time with her in some ways, too, because I think she is also uh, very charismatic. So I, I would like to see right. them build that up as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I hope that if they I hope that they would keep her around for another movie if they decide to go that way and not like do something terrible, like off her as a motivation for the characters. Right. Like that seems yeah. like the kind of stupid thing that, that a franchise would do in this position. Um, and I, I hope that's not the direction they go. Uh, I would agree. I do think that she was a, a good and compelling character and I would like to see what she can do when she's not worried about, uh, maybe having to kill herself <laughs> because of the virus inside yep, her yep. for the whole movie. Um, but I also hope that if they continue in this version of the series, I think that this is, this is what works, Right lots of uh embracing of the comedy and comic cameos and like everybody is strong and good yeah i liked it this was a good recipe i mean i would not have watched this movie had we not done this series but it is a movie that overall i would have liked not my favorite movie like there was definitely it it was longer periods of just stuff getting blown up than i need in a movie right but i liked it I, I, I can I can also confirm, uh, according to the Wikipedia entry, the Ation director, a role that Keanu Reeves was in negotiations for, does not physically appear in the film, but is voiced by Reynolds under the pseudonym Champ Nightingale. The character will of be course. physically cast in a future film. So I guess it's not supposed to be his character, but I definitely thought it was like as the second I heard him talking, I'm like, what voice? No, I think that's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. but that made me wonder if it was going to be like a twist that like his buddy, but I felt like that would have been a shame because I really, I really liked that character. Uh, it yeah, was very sure. bizarre, but in, in very enjoyable at the same time. So 
Yeah, I, I don't and think... And very Ryan Reynolds-ish. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't think... I'm not sure that they've talked about a sequel yet. I guess this only came out in August. Uh, but it seems pretty likely that they will, they will do one. Why would yeah. you not? It, it made um, like... Exactly. How much money did it make? I'm going to check. $11 billion, I think. It um, made and $750, almost $759 million on a budget of $200 million. You know what they think works, but that, that, that's what I was thinking about, is that like, they think they have to spend $200 million to make these movies. And maybe they're right, and maybe I don't know anything, but like, I feel like you could do um, half the set pieces and still have it be as good a movie. And uh, that True. may well be a minority opinion. I always like, wonder about the breakdown. I mean, I get this gets in the weeds, but I always wonder about the breakdown of like how much you pay your actors versus how much money you're spending on it. Because I also feel like the more famous these guys get, obviously, the bigger their price tags get. Yeah, I'm guessing the 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 two leads probably did pull down ten each, maybe fifteen, um, before all their back end stuff. Yeah, right. Exactly. Idris probably less, but yeah, man, oh man. The, but the, that two hundred million up front, I feel like is is more on the effects and blowing shit up than. Yeah, no, I agree. The oh, the other interesting point. I'm just looking through the Wikipedia entry, and I think this is interesting. It says similar to the main Fast and Furious films, Hobbs and Shaw had a diverse audience with audience demographics being 40% Caucasian, 27% Hispanic, 20% African American, and 13% Asian. And it's like, yeah, that is one of the things this franchise has going for it is that it actually does seem to cut across a lot of different uh you know appeal to a, a diverse group of people with you know people with diverse backgrounds and i think that's a that's a smart play on their part uh i would be fascinated to see the breakdown between uh <laughs> male and female viewers because i assume it's oh, yeah, for sure heavily male but it's still it's still interesting to see uh exactly how they appeal there i'm gonna correct my guess from earlier although it averaged out about right uh the rock got paid 20 million Statham 13 and Idris 8. Wow. Up front. That was their salaries for the movie. $20 million. Yeah. What do you even do with that much money? I'll never know. Uh, become a member of the Incomparable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did anyone check? Did anyone check to see if Dwayne Johnson is a member of the Incomparable? Did he listen to our commentary track? He did. Well, Dan, I'm glad-ish that you and I watched <laughs> I'm glad that we watched some of the Fast and Furious movies. I can't say I enjoyed all of them, but I enjoyed the experience of watching all of them with you. I enjoyed the same. I am glad that we did this. We never have to do this again if we don't want to. Uh, and that that is perhaps the greatest gift that we could possibly give. Now, do we want to tell listeners uh, what's coming next on the show or no? Well, I think... The last couple years have been a lot of me showing you franchises that you haven't seen. Yes. And so we decided to both flip both of those things on their heads by not only moving away from franchises back to sort of our classic not playing model of uh, different movies from throughout the ages, uh, but also for Lex to have a chance to show me some movies that I haven't seen. That is correct. So, yes, we can exclusively announce uh, uh, the season six, which will probably come sometime next summer. Do you want to give us a little rundown there? Uh, season six uh, is going to be the gridiron season. <laughs> we, we are going to show you some classic football movies. I, I will share some of those titles now. Uh, I don't know what all of them will be, but uh, Rudy. Haven't seen it. Varsity Blues. Haven't seen it. Friday Night Lights. Have not seen it. We Are Marshall. Ooh, no. Haven't seen that one. 
any given Sunday. Nope. Uh, it's funny because I always, every time I think about this, I think about the movie Necessary Roughness. And I was just telling some strangers, really, new to me people, uh, about this podcast in the next season. And the first thing they said was Necessary Roughness, which is not a good movie at all. But that's on the list. Haven't seen that either. Uh, I would say the... Uh, and if we need more, we've got maybe yeah. The Blind Side. I think we'll put that in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was going to request um, uh, uh, The Longest Yard, the original. Also on the list. Okay. Yeah. And, which I've not seen, uh, and I will say the and only Heaven Can Wait is your other one, right? Oh no, the only other movie I have. Oh. Seen, I was trying to think of football movies I have seen. One would be if you, I guess you, you don't really count Jerry Maguire, but there's football in it, right? But I have seen that, and then I've seen uh, uh, Remember the Titans. Mm, yes, ah, uh, that should have been on my list. That's a great one. I've seen uh, that. Though. Remember the Titans and We Are Marshall are basically the same movie, so we'll do We Are Marshall. That's same. why I would try. I, I stopped when you said We Are Marshall. I was like, wait a second, did I see? No, I saw the other one. <laughs> And I would like to also share that in my notes here with the list of all the football movies is another idea that you had tossed out that I forgot about. And maybe that'll be season seven. Who knows? But the Keanathon. Yes, the Keanathon. Well, yes. I, I, there are a number of Keanu Reeves movies that I haven't seen or haven't seen in entirety. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. Did you really not see Speed? Is that true? I've, I've seen like parts of it, but I've definitely never That's sat down amazing. and watched it end to end. I've never seen Point Break. I can quote Speed. I've seen like so, uh, speed multiple times. I can quote it too. I just haven't seen Not it. Not just the famous lines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you for watching The Fast and Furious with me. Um, this was definitely the best one. No question. I would watch more of this uh, spinoff series. More likely than I would watch more of the originals. <laughs> yeah, we'll have an opportunity maybe to revisit some of these in the, uh, or like future movies in a uh, member special episode or something. Uh, I think there's Can't a possibility uh, in the spring we usually have a member special episode in member month. Uh, although this year, I think it may be earmarked to be uh, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine to sort of round out our uh, Star course. Wars season. But yeah, and there's a new James Bond movie coming. We got a lot of homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. But I'm, I'm glad that we have wrapped this up. Uh, it was a delight watching with you. And thank you all out there listening for following along with us in this season. I know we've had some breaks and some some hiatus. Hiatus? Hiatuses? I don't know <laughs> what the plural mm-hmm. of that is. That's where one of the scenes took place in that movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thanks for sticking with us. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you when we come back for season six next year. Enjoy the rest of your 2019, everybody. And Lex. Yes, Dan. Keep watching the cars. You know I will. <laughs> if he's black Superman, I'm white Lex Luthor. <laughs> Or at least white legs. Uh, I got bad news for you. Uh, a couple friends. <laughs>